Hello and welcome to the Mythical Storytelling Podcast. I'm your host and storyteller, Shinjan. I've always been fascinated by the myths and the stories behind those myths in cultures throughout the world. So if you, like me, are interested in exploring these stories behind the myths, then this is the right podcast for you. So without further ado, let's start with today's story. Today's story is the second and final chapter of Jason and the Golden Fleece, as retold by Anne Terry White. Brought to you by Holiday Whisperers, your bespoke and personal holiday planner. Visit holidaywhisperers.co.uk today for all the help you need and want to plan your next holiday. And the best part is that it's completely free, so get onto that website now. Also, if you're an aspiring podcaster like me and don't know where to start, check out burstproud.com. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and the best way to launch, promote and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and more within minutes of finishing your recording. And if you sign up for a paid plan through the link in the description, you will receive a $20 Amazon gift voucher. How cool is that? Right, let's get on with the story now. In the previous episode, we learned how King Aetis had set Jason the task that he needs to complete before he can get access to the Golden Fleece. The Argonauts were sat in their ship, and there came to them one of the king's grandsons, Argus by name, whom Jason had by chance once rescued from a wrecked ship. Jason, he said, there is no hope of your performing the labor my grandfather has set you. Let me, therefore, seek the help of Media. She is my mother's young sister and is a maiden skilled in brewing magic potions. Hecate herself, whose priestess she is, has taught her. She alone can enable you to yoke the fiery bulls and plough the fields of Eris. We are indeed in a sad plight if our safety depends on a woman. Jason answered him sadly. But go to her if you like. I will not hinder you. Unknown to either Jason or Argus, Media was herself thinking hard how she might help the hero. For she had seen Jason as he sat at her father's table and had been stirred by his beauty and manliness. Never before had she felt love for a man, but now her feelings strove against one another and was stronger than herself. Many thoughts flew through her mind. Reason said one thing, her hurt another. If I do not help him, this noble stranger will surely perish, she said to herself. But shall I then betray my father's kingdom and rescue an unknown foreigner that he may go home and become another woman's husband? Ah, but he will not do that before I help him. He will give me his promise to marry me. He will never deceive me or forget what I have done for him. As she sat thus thinking, her sister came to her. Media, she said, my son Argus, whose life you know Jason saved, has sent me to beg your help. Give the stranger some device, I pray, whereby he can overcome the bulls. Media's heart laughed when she heard her sister speak, but she hid her joy. I will do it, she said, only for your son Argus's sake. 
let him inform Jason that early in the morning I will go to Hecate's temple and there give him the magic with which he can survive the trial with the bulls. So Jason came to Medea in the temple of Hecate. Never had he looked so handsome. When Medea's eyes rested on the stranger from Greece, she could not take them away. And when Jason took her hand, her heart fluttered so that she was speechless. For a long time they stood silent. Then Jason said, Lady, I come to beg you for the charm you promised. Ask in return what you will, and you know that if you enable me and my companions to go home with the golden fleece, your glory will be undying. All Greece will praise you forever. Medea did not answer. The tumult in her breast would not let her speak. She only placed a small box in Jason's hands. He stood holding the box tightly and gazing into her eyes, as much confused as she. At last, Medea spoke. This is what you must do, she said, and told him what mystic rites he must perform and how to use the charm she had given him. Salve your body with this ointment, she said, and also your weapons, that they must not be consumed by fire. And when the warriors spring from the dragon's teeth, throw a great stone in their midst, that will cause them to turn on one another. And when all of them are dead, you can take the golden fleece and depart. Tears gushed from Medea's eyes and rolled down her beautiful face as she said the last words and added, Do not forget the name of Medea when you come home rejoicing, for she will be thinking of you. Never will I forget you, noble princess, Jason said passionately, neither by night nor by day. But if you will come with me, all the men and women of Greece will adore you, for only because of you will their sons and husbands and brothers have returned home safe, and then nothing but death should stand between us. Media could have listened to his words without end, but the time had come to part. So while Jason returned to his companions, she went back to the palace to struggle with her thoughts of loyalty and home and love. It was scarcely dawn the next day when the townspeople assembled in the sacred field of Eris. They took their stand on the upper slopes, and in their midst, King Aetis sat clad in purple, his ivory scepter in his hand. All eyes were on Jason, who stood upon the field examining the heavy yoke and plough. Suddenly, there was the sound of snorting and bellowing. Into the field rushed the brazen-footed bulls, wreathed in smoke and blowing fire from their mouths and nostrils. At the touch of their hot breath, the grass blazed up and roared as a furnace roars when it is stoked. Yet Jason went toward them. The creatures saw him and swung their awful heads from side to side. They bellowed and pawed the ground with their heavy cloven hoofs. Rigid and breathless, the Argonauts watched from the slope as Jason boldly approached. Their hearts all but stood still when they saw Jason force first one bull, then the other to his knees and harness the beasts to the yoke. And when the plough bit into the earth and turned up a black furrow, they broke into loud cheers while all the Colchians stood amazed. Jason ploughed and as he walked up the field and down, he kept taking from his helmet the dragon's teeth which had been given him 
and sowing them in the furrow. In the afternoon, the four-acre field was done. Then Jason unyoked the bulls, and at his cry, they fled in terror to their underground stable. When he turned, the crop of armed men was springing from the earth. And now fear again took hold of the Argonauts, for they saw all the warriors prepared to hold their spears at the hero. Even Media felt a wave of panic surge over her as she beheld one solitary youth against so many men. Softly she chanted a spell to help him, but there was no need. Jason took up a great round stone and tossed it in the middle of the warriors, and immediately they turned on one another. To the last man, they perished in that bloody war. Then the Argonauts cheered, so that the hills rang with the sound. Rushing down into the field, they hugged Jason in eager embraces. Even the Colchians shouted. But King Aetes returned to the palace without a word. Anger gnawed at his heart. He knew that Jason could never have performed the labor without Media's help, and he brooded into the night on vengeance and how he might outwit the clever Argonaut. Media passed the night in agony. She feared her father, but she also feared what might befall her if she fled with Jason. At last, she made a decision. The palace doors opened at her magic spells, and she hurried to the shore where the Argonauts kept a great fire burning. At her call, Jason leaped ashore. My father is planning fearful vengeance, Media said. Save yourselves and me from his wrath. I will get you the golden fleece. Only swear to me, swear that you will treat me honorably when I am a stranger in your native land. The gods be my witness that I shall make you my wife, Jason promised. Then let us go at once and take the fleece, Media said. Quickly, the ship carried them to the sacred grove and together Jason and Media approached the sacred oak. The dragon stretched its long neck towards them. He hissed fiercely, but Media's charms lulled the creature to sleep, and for the first time the sleepless eyes closed. Then Jason snatched the golden fleece from the limb, and the two ran towards the ship. With what wonder the Argonauts viewed the marvelous prize they had come so far to seek, but Jason, eager to depart, would not take time to let each man touch it. My noble comrades, he said, let us be on our way, for we shall surely be pursued. And as for Media here, know all of you that she who has helped us accomplish what we undertook shall be my lawful wife. I look to you to help me protect her, for she has rescued Greece. So the Argonauts seated themselves hastily at the oars, and the vessel glided down the river and out upon the waves of the sea. Thank you for listening to today's story. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have any thoughts or comments, you can reach out to me on my Twitter. My handle is blabberingshin, or you can email me at iamshinjan at gmail.com. So that is I-A-M-S-H-I-N-J-A-N at gmail.com. Please subscribe to my podcast if you've liked my work and don't forget to share it with your friends and family. I look forward to entertaining you with more mythical stories like this going forward. Adios. Adios.